0: You are listening to the mystical city of god in a year podcast i'm father edward looney and throughout the year i'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes over 2500 page work of the venerable maria of if you would like to discuss today's reading head on over to facebook and you can do so at the group the mystical city of god in a year podcast interacting with other listeners and readers and followers let us now thank god for the life of maria of agreda Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. We are reading from chapter 24 of volume 2, book 3, and we are reading paragraphs 304 to 313. We will read the chapter in its entirety. Chapter 24. Most Holy Mary leaves the house of Zechariah and returns to her home in Nazareth. 304. At the call of Elizabeth, the most fortunate of husbands, St. Joseph, had come in order to attend Most Holy Mary on her return to her home in Nazareth. On arriving at the house of Zechariah, he had been welcomed, an indescribable reverence and devotion by St. Elizabeth and Zechariah, for now also the holy priest knew that he was the guardian of the sacramental treasures of heaven, though this was not yet known to the great patriarch St. Joseph himself. His heavenly spouse received him in modest and discreet jubilation, and kneeling before him, she, as usual, besought his blessing, and also his pardon for having failed to serve him for nearly three months during her attendance upon her cousin Elizabeth. Though she had been guilty of no fault, not even of an imperfection, in thus devotedly fulfilling the will of God in conformity with the wishes of her spouse, yet by this courteous and enduring act of humility, she wanted to repay her husband for the want of her consoling companionship. The holy Joseph answered that as now he again saw her, and again enjoyed her delightful presence, he was relieved of the pain caused by her absence. In the course of a few days they announced the day of their departure. 305. Thereupon the princess Mary took leave of the priest Zechariah, as he had already been enlightened by the Lord concerning her dignity. He addressed her with the greatest reverence as the living sanctuary of the divinity and humanity of the eternal word. My mistress, he said, praise and bless eternally thy maker, who in his infinite mercy has chosen thee among all his creatures as his mother, as the sole keeper of all the great blessing and sacraments. Be mindful of me, thy servant, before the Lord and God, that he may lead me in peace through this exile to the security of the eternal peace which we hope for and that, through thee, I may merit the vision of his divinity, which is the glory of the saints. Remember also, O lady, my house and family, and especially my son John, and pray to the Most High for thy people. 3.06. The great lady knelt before him, and in profound humility asked him to bless her. This Zechariah hesitated to do, and instead asked her to give him her blessing. But nothing could overcome the humility of her who was the teacher of that virtue and of all holiness. And therefore she importuned the priest for his blessing until he yielded to the impulse of the divine light. In the words of Holy Scripture, he said to her, The right arm of the Almighty and true God assists thee always and deliver thee from all evil. Psalm 127. Possess thou the grace of his unfailing protection, and be filled with the dew of heaven and with the fruits of the earth, and let him give thee abundance of bread and wine. Genesis twenty seven twenty eight. Let the nation serve thee, and let all the generations worship thee, since thou art the tabernacle of God. Ecclesiastes twenty four twelve. Be thou the mistress of thy brethren, and let the sons of thy mother kneel in thy presence. Those that praise and bless thee shall be honored and blessed, and those that bless and extol thee shall not be cursed. In thee let all nations know their God, Judith, 1331, and through thee let the name of the Most High God of Jacob be glorified. 307. In return for this prophetic blessing, Most Holy Mary kissed the hand of the priest and asked him to forgive her the faults committed in his house. The saintly old man was much moved by these parting words of the most pure and amiable of creatures, and ever thereafter bore hidden within him the memory of the mysteries revealed to him concerning the Most Holy Mary. Only once, when he was present at a meeting of the priests in the temple, who were congratulating him on account of the birth of his son and the restoration of his speech, he was moved by the excess of his joy, and he answered them, I believe firmly that the Mosai has visited us and has already sent us the promised Messiah who will redeem his people." but he spoke no further of what he really knew of the mystery. The holy priest Simeon, however, who was present and heard these words, was seized with great joy of spirit by the divine impulse exclaimed, Let not, O Lord God of Israel, thy servant, depart from this valley of misery before he has seen thy salvation, the Redeemer of his people. To this prayer he afterwards alluded when, at the presentation of the infant God in the temple, he received him into his arms, as we shall see later on. Until that event took place, he desired more and more ardently to see the incarnate word. 3.08 Leaving Zechariah in tears, Mary betook herself to her cousin Elizabeth, as she was a cousin of Mary of a tender heart, and she had enjoyed so many days of sweet intercourse and had received so many favors of the Mother of Grace, she was almost overcome with grief at the mere thought of now losing the source whence so many blessings had flown, and were yet to flow, "'if she could only retain it. "'Hence, when the time for taking leave "'of the mistress of heaven and earth "'finally arrived, her heart was torn with sorrow, she could only say a few words "'amid her copious tears and sighs, "'revealing her inmost soul. "'The serene queen, being superior "'to all inordinate movements of the natural passions in affable modesty, spoke to Elizabeth.' My beloved cousin, do not grieve so much over my departure, since the charity of the Most High, in whom I truly love thee, knows no distance of time or place. In him I behold thee, and I keep thee in my mind, and thou also wilt find me in that same presence. Short is the time of our bodily separation, since all the days of human life are so fleeting. Job 14.5 and if we gain the victory over our enemies, we shall very soon see ourselves and enjoy ourselves in the celestial Jerusalem, where there is no sorrow or weeping or separation. Apocalypse 21 4. In the meanwhile, thou wilt find all the blessings in the Lord, and also me thou wilt find and possess in him. He will remain in thy heart and console thee. Our most prudent queen said no more to allay the grief of St. Elizabeth. Instead, she knelt down at her feet and asked her blessing and her pardon for what might have been disagreeable in her intercourse with her, nor would Mary yield to the protests of Elizabeth until her petition was granted. Elizabeth then insisted on her part and asked the blessing of the Heavenly Lady in return, and not wishing to deny her the consolation Most Holy Mary complied. 309. THE QUEEN VISITED ALSO THE CHILD JOHN, RECEIVED HIM IN HER ARMS, AND BESTOWED UPON HIM MANY MYSTERIOUS BLESSINGS. THE WONDERFUL INFANT, BY DIVINE DISPENSATION, SPOKE TO THE VIRGIN, ALTHOUGH IN A LOW AND INFANTILE VOICE. THOU ART THE MOTHER OF GOD HIMSELF, THE QUEEN OF ALL CREATION, THE KEEPER OF THE INEFFABLE TREASURES OF HEAVEN. MY HELP AND PROTECTION, GRANT ME, THY SERVANT, THY BLESSING, AND MAY THY INTERCESSION AND FAVOR NEVER FAIL ME. THREE TIMES HE KISSED THE HAND OF THE QUEEN OF HEAVEN. Likewise, he adored the incarnate word in her virginal womb and asked him for his benediction and grace. The infant God manifested his pleasure and benevolence toward his precursor, while the most happy Mother Mary beheld and understood all that was passing. In all things she acted with the plenitude of divine science, venerating all these mysteries according to their proper import, for she responded with a magnanimous heart to all the works of his divine wisdom. 3.10. The whole household of Zechariah had been sanctified by the presence of Most Holy Mary and of the Incarnate Word in her womb. All its inmates had been edified by her example, instructed by her conversations and teachings, and sweetly affected by her intercourse and modest behavior. While she had drawn toward himself all the hearts of that happy family, she also merited and obtained for them from her Most Holy Son the plenitude of celestial gifts. Holy Joseph was held in high veneration by Zechariah, Elizabeth, and John, for they had come to know his high dignity before he himself was yet aware of it. The blessed patriarch, happy in his treasure, the full value of which, as yet he did not know, took leave of all and departed for Nazareth. What happened on the way I will narrate in the following chapter. But before they began their journey, Most Holy Mary on bended knees besought St. Joseph to bless her, as she was accustomed to do on such occasions. And after she had received his blessing, they betook themselves on their journey. Instruction by the Most Holy Queen Mary. 3.11. My daughter, the happy souls which God has chosen for his intimate friendship and perfection, must keep themselves in continual readiness and peace, in order to perform all that his majesty may ordain without hesitation or delay. That is what I did when the Most High commanded me to leave the beloved retreat of my house and betake myself to Elizabeth, Likewise, when he ordered me to return, I obeyed in all these things with joyful alacrity. And although I had received so many benefits from Elizabeth and her family, and so many tokens of love and friendship as thou hast seen, yet knowing the will of the Lord, I set aside all obligation and my own inclination, and followed them only so far as was strictly demanded by charity and compassion, and in so far as the promptest obedience to the divine command permitted." 312. My dearest daughter, how wilt thou hasten to obtain this true and perfect resignation, as soon as thou knowest its vast value? How pleasing it is in the eyes of the Lord, and how profitable for thy soul! Labor, then, to attain it in imitation of me, as I have already so often invited thee and urged thee. The greatest hindrances toward its attainment are the leanings and special likings to earthly things, For these make the soul unworthy of the caresses of the Lord and of knowing fully his will. And even if the soul knows his will, the base love of unworthy things will keep the soul from fulfilling it. For on account of its inclinations, it will be wanting in the ready and joyful obedience required by the Lord. Take notice of this danger, my daughter, and do not allow any particular affection to enter into thy heart. For I wish that thou be well versed and perfect in this art of divine love and that thy obedience be that of an angel, and thy love that of a seraphim. Thus show thyself in all thy actions. For to this my love urges thee, and thus art thou taught by the knowledge and light imparted to thee. 3.13 I do not say that thou must do away with all sensible feeling, for that is not naturally possible to the creature. But whenever thou meetest adverse happenings, or when thou art deprived of what is useful, necessary, or agreeable, Thou must bear it with joyful resignation, and give praise to the Lord, because his will is being fulfilled in thy regard. By seeking only his pleasure and considering all else, as of passing moment thou wilt gain a quick and easy victory over thyself, and thou wilt seek all occasions to humiliate thyself under the mighty hand of the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 6 I also exhort thee to imitate me in my esteem and veneration of the priests, and that thou always ask their blessing before speaking to them and leaving them. Do this also in regard to the Most High before beginning any work. Toward thy superiors always show thyself devoted and submissive. If any married woman come to seek thy advice, exhort them to be obedient to their husbands, Titus 5.2, peacefully subjecting themselves, living retired in their houses, and carefully fulfilling their obligations toward their families. Tell them not to give themselves up entirely to their occupations, nor to lose themselves in their daily cares or pretext of necessity. For much more must be trusted to thy goodness and liberality of God than to one's own immoderate bustle and activity. And whatever happened to me in my condition, thou wilt find true instruction and example. And my whole life will be an example of perfection for the guidance of souls. And therefore I will not need to give thee further direction. This concludes our reading today for day number 127. Today we read from chapter 24 of volume 2, book 3. We read paragraphs 304 to 313. I think one of the enriching things for us is we've now read these discourses about the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth, that we just get this brief snapshot in the sacred scriptures. And so we heard a bit more about these events and these months that Mary spent with Elizabeth And I think that can really help our reflection on the rosary mystery of the visitation, the second joyful mystery, that now that we've heard these things, well, now they will recur in our mind as we reflect on the mystery of the visitation of Our Lady to Elizabeth. I've always centered my rosary meditation on the visitation around Mary arriving at the home of Elizabeth, of her being greeted by Elizabeth of the infant leaping in the womb, and of the Magnificat. But as I made our way through our reading here, and then the birth of John the Baptist, I realized that's all a part of the visitation. And so in my own meditation, I've been neglecting these other aspects of the presence of Zechariah and Him being mute and him proclaiming, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. Even today in our reading, we have this very interesting reality that here you had Zechariah in the temple. And there was also Simeon, who we will encounter again in our reading, who says, now you can let your servant go in peace. And what an interesting thought to know that Zechariah now knew about the coming of the Savior Not because anyone told him, but he intuited it by the very presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary. God himself revealed it to him. That's why he says that to give the people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins in the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high has visited us. Jesus, the dawn from on high, visited the home. And so he says, I believe, I know that the Messiah is already here among us. He is coming. And then that led Simeon to say, well, then I know that I will see the Messiah. And we'll see that fulfilled then at the presentation in the temple. Something very rich for us to reflect upon, I think, and to dwell on in our prayer of the rosary and the second joyful mystery. How interesting that Mary goes to Zachariah and asked him to forgive her the faults committed in his house. Well, Mary, as the Immaculate Conception, is without fault, but yet she perceives something, and so she goes. She doesn't need forgiveness. She has no fault But yet this is another example of the humility of Mary as she is asking for something she has no need to even ask of. Also, we saw the interplay of Joseph and Mary and the great respect that Mary has for Joseph. And then, interestingly, that Mary goes to each of the people before they depart from them. Finally, we heard that Our Lady asked the blessing of Zechariah. We also uh, know that she asked, you know, the blessing of Saint Joseph as well from our reading today. And in the instruction, we were told by Mary to Maria of Agreda, "I also exhort thee to imitate me in my esteem and veneration on the priests, and that thou always ask their blessing before speaking to them and in leaving them." And you know, that's a customary thing that I've seen, especially when I go to pilgrimage sites, holy places. Uh, People will say, well, Father, can you give us your blessing? Sometimes at the end of a radio show, they'll say, Father, can you give us your blessing? And so here we have some sort of semblance of that, seeking the blessing of the priest whose hand blesses in the name of Almighty God. And then Maria Vagrada is told by the Blessed Mother, do this also in regard to the Most High before beginning any work. So when you undertake a task, Ask the blessing of Almighty God. Lord, I begin this task out of love for you. I beseech your blessing. Perhaps the next time you have an interaction with a priest or you begin your work, you'll ask for the blessing of that priest or Almighty God. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then... May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.